Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat. Jermaine Flood in. This is our Mississippi Able episode. In with me right now is, of course, my co-host, Dr. Tara Wren. And we also have the Executive Director of the Department of Rehabilitation Services, Mr. Chris Howard. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat, Mr. Howard. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's exciting to be on and talking about Able and, and all the cool stuff going on in rehab services. Yeah, we are so excited to have you on. Now, for my listeners, if you don't know anything about Mississippi to be able. Let me give you a little bit, and then I'm going to ask Chris to give us the rest. But in December of 2014, the United States Congress passed the Stephen Beck Jr. Achieving a Better Life Experience ABLE Act. Now, this act enabled eligible individuals with disabilities to save money in tax-advantaged accounts that may be used for qualified disability expenses while keeping their eligibility for federal public benefits. Now, in talking about all this, I want to go ahead and just jump right in and ask that first question on off the bat, tell me more about Mississippi ABLE and why it is so important to the residents of the state. Yeah, I'll tell you, we are really excited about this program. You know, like you said, in 2017, the Mississippi legislature passed this program and, and it's actually administered by our agency, the Department of Rehab Services, under the guidance of a Mississippi ABLE board and in conjunction with the Mississippi State Treasurer's Office. So it's really a great collaboration that, that's going on. But to tell you a little bit about ABLE, it's a great opportunity for individuals to save for the future. And, you know, when I speak to people, I say it's a, a win-win-win. And the reason I say that is, first of all, you know, any earnings that an individual earns off this account is tax-free. So when an individual files their 1040, you know, they will not have to pay taxes on any gain. So that's a great way to, to you know, create growth and not be worried about the tax implications. So that's one great win. Second part of that is contributions into an ABLE account are tax deductible on your Mississippi state income tax. So this is great for parents and grandparents, for example, who want to put money back for, say, their child or grandchild with a disability, that they can plan for that child's future, but also they themselves can get a tax deduction on the Mississippi state income tax. So that's what we call win number two. But one thing we really push here in Mississippi is what is really win number three, and that's the individuals who are on public assistance can save for the future and not be concerned about if this account grows, am I going to lose my public benefits? So if you look at, say, Division of Medicaid, you know, Medicaid says you cannot have more than $4,000 in assets or they'll cut your Medicaid off. Uh, Social Security, if you have more than $2,000 in assets, you'll lose your Social Security check. So with Mississippi ABLE, individuals can actually put money back and maybe have growth above the 4000 or the 2000 and not be worried, am I going to lose my public benefits? How many people are already signed up for Mississippi ABLE? And how is it going with getting the word out about it? We actually have over 200 accounts that are funded. That's statewide. I think it's over a million dollars, if I remember right, that are in those accounts combined. To answer your second part of that question, getting the word out, we are really hitting social media hard. We go out and, and talk around the state to different groups, whether it be school groups, disability groups, commerce, things like that. We're also trying to get on the radio, you know, radio events around the state. 
So really doing everything we can to get the word out there because there are so many Mississippians that we feel that can utilize this program and trying to get the word out and letting them know about it and letting them know that it's a great program. It's not going to cost you a lot. For example, you know, the flip side of this, individuals can do a special needs trust. You know, that's another way individuals with disabilities can save for the future. But to do that, you have to go to an attorney's office and have that drawn up. And that could cost you a couple thousand dollars to get that trust up. But through Mississippi Able, there is no fee to open an account. And the monthly fee is, I think it's like $5, 5 or $6. So it's, it's very inexpensive for an individual to have this type of account, save for the future, not worry about having to pay taxes on growth and not worry about if they're on public assistance, you know, losing their public assistance if their account grows too high. So what's the potential? You said you have 200 accounts. Do you have any idea how many? Because there are, I guess, a huge number of folks on Social Security and another big number on Medicaid. Do you know what that number looks like for your potential to grow the account base? No, ma'am, I don't know the actual numbers, but I can tell you that through our agency, we serve about 100,000 Mississippians every year through one of our four major programs. So, you know, whether that be the vocational side where an individual's coming to our office and saying they have a disability and they're wanting to get into employment, and then we help that person reach their employment goal. And then we have special disability programs where an individual may have a significant disability, nursing home eligible. We help those individuals stay at home in their community as opposed to a nursing home. And then the other side of that is disability determination services. So we actually do the disability determinations for Social Security. You know, when you look at those four programs, about 100,000 Mississippians are served each year through one of those programs. So, you know, we feel there are a lot of individuals who can utilize this program. And we talk a lot about kids, young adults, you know, as we travel the state and, and we talk to parents, you know, to a parent with a child with a disability, their greatest fear, and this is what I hear from parents all across the state, is what's going to happen to my child when I pass on. That's a common concern for parents with children with disabilities is, you know, what's going to happen to my child when, when I pass on? And we like that Mississippi Able is an opportunity for that individual, that parent or grandparent, again, to put money into the account. They can put up to $15,000 a year with a maximum balance of like 235000 So you think about that, you know, parent, grandparent can eventually put up to maybe a quarter of a million dollars into an account for that young adult. And they're not going to lose their Medicaid. They're not going to lose their Social Security, you know, if they're on that, but have that money to provide for that young adult's future. I just think this is a great program because I have a niece who I care for. And I can remember getting a letter saying, you cannot have, or someone may have told me in a meeting, you can't have you know, this much more and you have to spend it. I'm, I have to spend it. I can't save it. And I've heard other stories from other folks who are caring for older family members, like they're having to try to determine what they're going to do with the money, extra money, and if they don't need it right away. And so I just think this is an awesome opportunity for the state of Mississippi to um, provide for Mississippians with disabilities. And that's on the other types of assistance to be able to have a savings account, because that's so important. And that's exactly right. And, and I'll tell you that there's a story I heard one time that there was an individual who got a settlement as, you know, as a result of an accident, got a settlement for $10,000 and they were receiving Medicaid. So if they had put that $10,000 into a checking account, they would have lost their Medicaid and their prescription drugs were running maybe like $1,500 a month. So you would see if they had lost their Medicaid and they were having to pay that $1,500 out of pocket, that $10,000 would have been gone in less than a year. But because of yeah. this, the ABLE, they were able to put that money into the ABLE account 
maintain their Medicaid status and keep getting those prescriptions covered through Medicaid, which helps with their, you know, their health and everyday living. Absolutely. That's awesome. My question, who is eligible for Mississippi ABLE? I wanted to kind of put that out there before we transition into the ABLE Age Adjustment Act. Yeah, to kind of classify it the way the law reads, it's congenital anomalies, and that includes like Down syndrome, developmental disorders such as autism, intellectual disabilities, nervous disorders, blindness, deafness, psychiatric disorders, and respiratory disorders are the way it's classified in the regs. And I'll tell you, I've gotten questions before too, you know, do I have to be on Medicaid or do I have to be receiving Social Security to be eligible for this program? And the answer is no, you do not have to be on one of those programs to qualify for this program. As long as you can document that you have a disability, the onset of that disability was prior to the age of 26 years of age then you can qualify for this this great program. When we're talking about now the call to Congress to pass the ABLE Age Adjustment Act, Mr. Howard, let them know exactly what this is and why this Age Adjustment Act is so important. Like you were talking about the onset is now at 26. What would this push the onset to? Yeah, I'll tell you, our agency is very much in support of the Age Adjustment Act. We think it is very important to Mississippians with disabilities across the state. And basically what it does, it will increase the requirement from age 26 to age 46. So right now it says you have to have the onset of your disability prior to the age of 26. So, you know, an intellectual disability, uh, maybe, you know, a car accident, a hunting accident, whatever caused your disability or any disability you have has to have occurred prior to the age of 26. So what that does, it excludes a lot of individuals across our state who maybe, you know, obtained a disability later in life. So through this Age Adjustment Act, it will now allow individuals 46 and under to qualify for, for Mississippi ABLE and, and receive those tax benefits as well as the omission of assets going against your, your public assistance. You know, I know as an ABLE board, we all have talked to our congressional delegation at, at different times and, and their staffers about the importance of, of trying to up this and, and really seeing how many more lives we can touch by allowing, you know, more individuals to participate. COVID-related question. You know, COVID is causing a lot of disabilities as well. I've read stories where folks have lost limbs because of it. And so I can see the importance of raising the age because COVID is even going to cause some disability and even much more makes Mississippi ABLE a a really important program to have in our state and other states too, I hope. Yeah. And there's, in addition to Mississippi ABLE, you know, our programs can, again, provide a lot of services who who may have disabilities that occurred because of COVID. So, you know, like you mentioned, if, if someone uh, loses a limb as a result of having COVID before that, and that impacts their ability to work, not only if they're under 26, can we get them on ABLE, but regardless of their age, if that's impacting their work, then we can provide services, whether it be purchase a prosthetic or provide training or, or whatever that person needs to, to help them maintain their job or find a job. So how do the people make application to this program? Yeah, the biggest thing we say is go to MississippiAble.com. There is a website, MississippiAble.com, and it provides a fact sheet and it also provides a link on how to sign up. If someone had questions and wanted to speak with someone, that number is 1-888-609-3469. And they can talk to an individual with a census and, you know, really answer a lot of these individualized questions that a person may have and and also get signed up. What if a student has an IEP? 
Does that qualify them? Can they use that document to show where they are eligible to apply for this program? Because typically a child with an IEP has some sort of disability or learning curve that they have to meet that would qualify them to be under an IEP. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that is correct. If a, a young adult is on an IEP, then yes, they, they should qualify. Do you feel like there may be needs another push for this information to be disseminated to the Mississippi public? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we need to keep doing a continuous push across the state. And, you know, really, if you look at Mississippi, we're kind of tall and narrow. You know, we've got three million people in the state. But, you know, to talk to people on the coast, you know, individuals on the coast may have a different way of thinking than, say, people in North Mississippi, which is near Memphis and manufacturing and and all that. So it's kind of, you know, we're a diverse population in regards to, you know, how we're, we're set up across the state. So it's very important that we do travel the entire state and and try to reach as many people as we can, whether it be face-to-face meetings, which I'll be honest with you, with COVID, it's it's been tough this past year and a half trying to get face-to-face meetings. Thanks to Zoom and Teams and Skype and, and things like that, we have been able to reach out to different groups. You know, again, doing, you know, having our counselors, we have transition counselors around the state who have relationships with the schools on our behalf to to serve those young adults who are on IEPs and prepare for their future. That's one reason I love that Mississippi made the decision to put Mississippi ABLE under the administration of MDRS because, you know, we have 900 employees around the state and we're in and out of schools, we're in and out of businesses, we're in and out of disability groups and chambers of commerces and, and things like that. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for us to charge our employees, our counselors and case managers and, and folks like that to help us get the word out. So it's not centered around, you know, myself and, and Billy Taylor and Jan Schaefer, who's our communications director. You know, it's not centered around us three trying to get the message out. But but luckily, we have staff across the state who we can equip with the documentation and, and the handouts and, you know, go out there and, and help us spread the word. Now, when it comes down to Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services, I know this is just one program of many that you all offer, but just for my audience, can you just give them a quick general synopsis of what MDRS can provide to them? Yeah, I'll be glad to. So, yeah, Mississippi Department of Rehab Services, we're a state agency. We get a lot of federal money, and I'll tell you, what we do is... We provide individualized services to Mississippians with disabilities. So whether it be someone wanting to go to work, maybe go back to work, we provide kind of like what we talked about an IEP. We have an IPE, so kind of backwards, and that's an individualized plan for employment. And our counselors will sit down with that individual and basically say, you know, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to, to do in the work world? And then based on what they, that individual says, we create a plan to help them reach that employment goal. And this may be an individual who's never worked before, or maybe it's an individual who's worked for 25 years and, and maybe all of a sudden they started losing their sight, or maybe they fell out of a deer stand and broke their back. You know, life changes quickly. And to have this program to help individuals keep working in the workforce, providing for their families is, is extremely important. So that's one of the things we do. The other side of that is, you know, we help individuals who are significantly disabled. And these are individuals who, who have trouble taking them you know, take care of themselves on on the day to day. And we can provide personal care, attendant services, home modifications, vehicle modifications, ramps, whatever that person needs to to be able to stay at home with their family, as opposed to having to live in in a long-term care facility. So again, all of our programs are individualized. You know, you and I both say maybe blind, but 
that doesn't mean we need the same services. So it, it's great to have counselors and case managers who, who meet with those in, in each individual individually and uh, find out exactly what services that person needs to be either successful in the home and or successful in the workplace. I'm just in awe of the um, services that are offered and you don't hear about them every day and people are, how can I get this service? Or I wish my mom or my elderly uncle could do this or that. I know they could go to your website and just figure out who would qualify for these other types of programs that you have, right? Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you, when when we look at the vocational side, there is no age limit. There is no income limit. We just have to document that a person has a disability and that disability is an impairment to employment. Those are really the only two things we have to verify. Once we do that, then we can help that person try to reach their employment goal. And and the really cool thing about this program is it's wide open. I mean, it is whatever that person needs to reach their employment goal. Maybe we pay for schooling to help them to get a degree. You know, maybe we pay for assistive technology or, or a surgery hearing aids, blind services. I mean, just whatever. Uh, If someone wanted to be a forklift driver, we can pay for the certification for that person to go through the classes and and be certified as a forklift driver to to reach that employment goal. So, you know, it's, it's really great to see the wide array of services we can provide for an individual to help them reach that, that employment goal. And there are no costs for these programs? No, it's all covered by federal and state dollars. So when we talk about our vocational programs, we get a grant from the Rehab Services Administration, which is under the U.S. Department of Education, and it's about 80% federal and 20% state general funds. When you look at the, the special disability size, where we're, we're you know helping keep people at home as opposed to a nursing home, that's based on the Medicaid rate, which is about, I think it's, I'm trying to remember, it's about 75%, maybe 80% federal in the 20, 25% state. So yeah, there is no cost. We do not bill, you know, individuals for these services. They're all covered with, with state and federal dollars. I'm sure you have buckles of testimonials, people that you have changed their lives. Yeah. I'll tell you, if you go to YouTube and type in Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services, we have got a lot of success stories out there. And it's really something that makes you feel good. One of the partnerships I love to talk about is, is our partnership with Sephora and Olive Branch. They wanted 30% of their workforce to be individuals with disabilities, and they're partnering with us to help them reach that 30%. And they did a video, and I think it's on our YouTube channel still, but a gentleman was 52 years old, has an intellectual disability, was told all of his life he would never do anything more than clean toilets. So you think about that, you know, 52 years old, that's all you hear all your life. But when he came to our office, you know, our counselor said, hey, what do you think about a career at Sephora? And he was interested in it, went through it, is very successful working full time at Sephora, has benefits, full time salary and and just really has done a fantastic job in, in the Sephora family. And just to hear stories like that. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about Just it about to say that. I got these goosebumps in my my um ears or, you know, how you, you, you smile real hard. I was getting that too. So I think that's wonderful. Now, final follow-up question. I wanted to know, as the executive director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Service, where do you find the passion to come in and get up every day and be able to serve this great community that you have under your umbrella there at MDRS? 
I tell you, I've been at this agency since 2000, so going on 21 years. Prior to that, I was a state auditor. I worked for the state auditor's office, graduated from Mississippi State in accounting. So my background is accounting. So I went to state audit right out of accounting. And, and I've audited a lot of different state agencies. And don't get me wrong, all the state agencies are great. All of them provide a great service. But, you know, when you look at Department of Rehab and you see how we change lives every day, whether it be keeping families together or like we talked about before, helping this gentleman who's 52 years old reach a great employment goal, you know, that's what motivates me. And, and something we hadn't we hadn't touched on earlier, but, you know, we're doing Project Search. Project Search is a program where we partner with a school district and we partner with an employer. And it's a school-long internship for young adults with intellectual disabilities in their last year of school. So instead of going to school that last year, they go to the, the employer host site and they're, they're gaining valuable work experience. To, so to really see those young adults thrive in the program and and really get ready for employment. And like I said, on our YouTube channel, you watch those those videos and you really see how excited people are to, to get that job. And, you know, like we always say, to show the ability and, and disability, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me excited because yeah, I really feel like I'm in the right place to help people. And, and this agency truly, truly changes lives every day. Good stuff. Good stuff, Mr. Howard. Tara's giving you a hand clap over the air. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Tara's giving you a hand clap over the air. So, Tara, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Or? No, I think that's a great reason to get up and go to work. We talk about that here as well. We get up, come to work and excited because we know we're going to touch the life of a family, a child, teacher. And so we know what that feels like. So kudos to you. Keep doing it. 21 years. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't look it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting better, Mr. Howard. You're there you better. go. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> Kids say I'm getting vintage. <laughs> <laughs> they said, you know, that stuff rings in a lot of money. Vintage piece. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the good stuff. <laughs> That's the good stuff. Well, this has been a great conversation with the Executive Director of Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services, Mr. Chris Howard, Tara Wren, Dr. Tara Wren, of course, the co-host is in with us, and I am here with you all, and we have had a great conversation about Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services, about the Mississippi ABLE program, as well as the ABLE Age Adjustment Act that we're hoping that Congress passes to raise that onset age up. So if you need any more information about Mississippi ABLE, visit their website. That's MississippiABLE.com. You can also call 1-888-609-3469. And if you need any more information about the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services, visit them online at mdrs.ms. Thank you again, Mr. Howard, for joining us here on Chalkboard Chat. Yes, ma'am. Thank you all very much. And thank you for what you're doing, helping getting the word out. It's it's so important. Y'all do a fantastic job. And just thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. I sat down with State Treasurer of Mississippi, David McRae, to get a deeper understanding about the ABLE Age Adjustment Act and just how its passing will affect the residents of Mississippi. So currently, the ABLE Act stops someone from getting into the program around the age of 26. So you have to have the disability before the age of 26. The Age Adjustment Act would increase the age of eligibility to be in this program 20 years. So you would be able to get into the program before the age of 46. 
And I've gone to many conferences and looked at this and 26 was just so young to develop a disability that may happen later in life. Why 26? And from what I've understood, it was just an arbitrary number they came up with that everybody could agree with. And it was just a way to put your foot in the door to start the conversation. Now, some people say, well, why stop at 46? Why not go on to 60 or 66, 70, you know, keep on going, make it unlimited. Well, I think this is just a way to put the foot in the door, open the door just a little bit wider to let a few more people into the program. But I could easily see this being expanded to more age groups as time goes on. But you got to start somewhere. And 26 is where they started. And there is bipartisan support across the aisle on the ABLE Act to increase the age to 46. And so it's a very popular thing in D.C. A lot of disabilities happen around the age of 30 and other things like troops coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, this would apply to them as well. So that's about a million men and women service members that this ABLE Act would then start applying to them. It also expands it to 6 million other eligible people as well. So upping the age requirement, I thought was a great idea. And I'm really behind our Congressman Michael Guest, who has signed on to this bill. And I think it's going to be a great thing for the state of Mississippi, great thing for the participants of this who want to be part of this program. Mississippi has a high disability population, people with a disability, and they have to pay for the things that they do regarding their disability. So this puts people into a poverty situation. So if you're able to get into the program early on, that's great. You can get into the program and you start being a beneficiary of the program and your custodian starts administering the program. However, if you develop an age disability at 27 and up, well, you're going to start putting yourself into poverty. You're going to start having financial difficulty. The people, your custodians who are helping and caring for you, they're going to start going in debt or poverty because these people who help the beneficiaries of this program will spend every dollar and cent to help their loved one who has a disability. So by upping the age to 46, you're helping individuals with this disability get a pathway out of poverty who are already affected with it. And then the people who are coming into the program, you're helping them not go into poverty. However, it's something I've seen all across Mississippi. It's things I've seen from my charity work and my foundation's work and things when I was in the private sector. And people with disabilities should not have such an economic burden upon themselves. They need to know that there is a plan out there to help them with this economic burden. Things are expensive. Parents and custodians will pay to the absolute ends of the earth to help their loved ones who have a disability. And this is going to help them relieve some of this financial burden. And as state treasurer of Mississippi, my job is to help people find a way not to go into poverty and to help them find some economic advantage that they can help with their loved ones. Plus, a lot of misinformation has been spilled about this program. They didn't know Medicaid would count for it. They didn't know their SSDI would still count. This is one of the few programs in the country that runs in conjunction with the SSDI and Medicaid. So to educate the public on what this program can do, I feel that it's my duty as a state official, as state treasurer, to do that. The ABLE Act, as y'all can tell, is very important to me. I am going to keep carrying the flag here in Mississippi regarding trying to get the ABLE Adjustment Act passed through the federal government, but I can't do it alone. What I would need your listeners to do is call their congressman, call their house rep, call their senator, and say, I want to see the ABLE Age Adjustment Act passed through D.C. I want to see it pass through Congress. And right now, 
the House member that signed on to it is Representative Michael Guest from the 3rd District. But call your other House members. They know about it. They're excited about it. It has huge bipartisan support. It's a little hung up right now because of everything going on in D.C., but I'm optimistic that eventually and hopefully this year that this can get passed. And if it's not going to get passed this year, I know it's going to be done soon. And it's something I can't stress enough. People in D.C. have loved this thing. They know it's a good bill and they know people would greatly benefit from it. And by expanding it, you are including servicemen and women who desperately need this help as well. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.